Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, joined again by my co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? <laughs> so glad to be back, Ali. Thanks so much. Yeah, so let's start. Um, really not too much to recap. Um, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> how, about, how, about that, uh, how about that round one and to uh, weekend? What were your thoughts? Well, we did say that we were going to see some upsets, just a few. Uh, we just yeah. didn't know exactly where they would happen. And uh, boy, did they happen. Uh-huh. It just, was, um, it was for, for me, the thing that jumped out the most is, you know, the, just it's this incredible parody that we have. You know, we've got now eight games uh, decided by single digits, uh, six lower seeded teams advancing, four double digit seeds winning, three overtime games. And then, you know, you know, obviously one of the biggest upsets in NCAA tournament history with St. Pete's. Yeah, that killed my bracket <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> I mean, I was big into Kentucky and everything. And then right from, uh, you know, I thought when they went into overtime and Kentucky took the lead for for a little bit, I was like, okay, Kentucky will pull it out. They'll stop the scare. And then, I don't know, they just stopped scoring. And, you know, being a New Jersey native, it's, it's good to see St. Peter's moving on. Um even though like my bracket got destroyed day one and I don't think I've ever had a bracket destroyed day one between them <laughs> and then between the, I and between I will losing. I'm like, I've never entered a, a day where two of my final four teams are just done. So I, I, I watched that Iowa game and thought of you pretty much every minute down the stretch. Yes. Oh, I told my dad, I was like, I'm never listening to you again. <laughs> I was like, I should have known. I should have known. Um, and we'll get to that game in a bit. Cause there was that controversial uh, no call at the end, um, which could have sunk their, their, well, it looks like it did sink their hopes, but um, yeah, it was quite a wild first round. I don't think I've seen, like you said, the gravity of upsets. Um, I wasn't too surprised Baylor lost to UNC, my Tar Heels, even though I didn't have my Tar Heels winning, but I had Baylor losing again the next round. We said it a few weeks ago, I think. It's hard to repeat a national championship. Um, and I was surprised Kansas is still is still there even though I do have them advancing in my bracket. Um, they had a few they had a close call with Creighton um Arizona and Gonzaga Gonzaga made it close uh the first game till about 10 minutes left till they pulled away but uh yeah uh it was a wild weekend and let me just start and say everything I loved just kind of was the opposite uh you and I both talked about how we loved the SEC we loved Auburn we loved Kentucky we loved Tennessee and none of them are left <laughs> what do you think about that the, the here's the SEC in in 10 seconds Number two, Kentucky lost to St. Peter's as an 18-point favorite. Number two, Auburn lost to Miami. Number three, Tennessee lost to Michigan. I had Tennessee winning the region. Number six, Alabama lost to Notre Dame, uh, and Notre Dame was the Mm -hmm. play-in. And number seven, LSU lost to Iowa State. Arkansas is alive, but they're still 0-2 against the spread versus Vermont and New Mexico State. Total flame-out. Yeah, and then you look at, you know, I mean, besides the, the Big Ten didn't do so hot, but Michigan's still there. <laughs> and I think I said it in our show last week that I'm like, you always have that team that everyone says doesn't belong there. They shouldn't have got in. And now they're in the final. They're in the Sweet 16 this week. So go figure. That's the basketball gods, you know, 
laughing at us. Let's start, you know, really quickly recapping everything because that'll lead us to uh, we'll go straight into the region by region breakdown um, for the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. But let's start with um, where we first tipped off last week in the South uh, region, um, right from the get go, Michigan. Um, like it wasn't a Vegas upset, but it was an upset by the seeding standards. Uh, but they managed to beat Colorado State. And then they knocked off Tennessee, who was a lot of people's favorites to get to the finals in that in that region. What was your big takeaway from round one and two in that? Great. Yeah, as, as we led, led into round two, Allie, you know, Michigan, we, we closed Michigan as a six and a half point dog. And, you know, obviously the, you could see in the box score, you know, they upset Tennessee 76 to 68. Uh, they won a two point shooting just by a thread, 55 to 53 percent. Three pointers. They were six for 16 to Tennessee's two for 18. Two for 18 from three. Three throws, 16 out of 20 to 10 out of 12. Uh, Out rebounded them by a little margin. Tennessee won the turnover battle 15 to seven. I think, Ali, that obviously, I mean, look, two for 18. The result probably flips on just normal trays. Pencil in like six for 18 for Tennessee instead of two for 18, and that's 12 points. Look, Michigan did play very well, though. You know, so now, you know, they're going to go on to play, you know, Villanova. Um, I think the media has stopped complaining about Michigan getting the bid. Uh, You know, obviously our computers had Wolverines better than a number 11 seed. Yeah. And from game one, you know, at halftime uh, when Colorado State was up on Michigan, I, I, you know, you always get that inkling. And I was like, I don't really feel comfortable with only like a seven point lead. I think that's what it was at, uh, at halftime. And at one point they were up by, I want to say like 15 points early in the first, uh, first half. Yeah. Michigan, it, it, I don't know if it was, they played just phenomenal or better than average is probably the better word, or it just, they played two teams that totally collapsed. Cause even, you know, in the second half, Colorado state went ice cold. They just, they couldn't sink a shot. You know, they, they managed to only get 27 points in the second half as opposed to 36 in the first half. Uh, you mentioned Tennessee, just poor shooting. I don't know. It just even watching both those games, I just still wasn't overly impressed with Michigan. I just thought they managed to get two teams that just didn't show up that day. They didn't. They didn't show up. And and Allie, we saw something in the last two games from Michigan that we haven't seen all year, pretty much. The kid, Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, he's he's a beast. He's seven foot one. I think he's probably close to two eighty five. He's He's unstoppable. So basically they decided, look, rather than, you know, let's get the ball around your turn, my turn. Okay, Caleb Houston, you get a shot. Let's run a ball screen for Devontae Jones. No, no, no. It's dump the ball into Dickinson yeah. and just let him crush. Yeah, seven he's foot one, I think he is. Yeah, he's huge. He's, he's, he's averaging like 24, eight and a half rebounds. He's got the assist block and he's making threes. He's making threes. I should, I, you know, I suppose, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of showing my age here. Uh, no longer should I be surprised by seven footers hitting threes, but, you know, it was just fun watching him completely dominate. Yeah, he was a kid that, like you said, just, I, I was like, where has he been all season? And now that we're talking about Michigan and uh, Hunter Dickinson, Dickinson, that's one of my picks that I have this week and my top picks against the spread is I actually do like Michigan to cover against Villanova. I think the spread's at five and a half now. It is. Um, I don't know if they they win, but I think if if they do what you said, if they keep the ball going in, if um, 
you know, they pound the ball to Dickinson and he can get the layups. I think they could keep it close. What are you looking at? Yeah, I, I completely agree. They do keep it close, but obviously, you know, Villanova, who's, you know, all year long, they've just been in top form. They've got the experience and the shooting ability to get to the final four. I think that, you know, they already see the playbooks. They already saw what Michigan did and they changed their tempo to make sure that they pound the ball down low. So I think they're going to make a really vast adjustment and, you know, find ways to just frustrate them, just completely just keep them away from the ball, box them out from the, you know, any kind of point of entry. So he's not going to have an opportunity to work down low on the blocks. Yeah. And then moving on to the other one we had, uh, the other matchup that I'm really excited about is the Houston and Arizona game. This is a game, you know, I have it in my bracket. I have Arizona winning. Well, what's left in my bracket. But on second thought, I think Houston can upset them. What are you looking at? I do too. You know, I, I think, look, well, first off, so yeah, I had Tennessee, right? So my, my new winner here is I'm going to choose Arizona. Uh, and the reason why is I, I think that Houston is their, their main attack is their elite offensive rebounding. I think they're like one of the most efficient at getting offensive rebounds that could, that could pose a huge problem for Arizona, you know, but that's the risk right. and reward. You know, Ali, Arizona kills it in transition offense, kills it, right? And so if you're going to go in and, and strike one or maybe two extras to go in for an offensive rebound, well, you know, that's just going to lead to, you know, really easy points down on the other end for Arizona. So I don't think that the, the game plan works best for, for Houston here. It, it has in the past. I, I, you know, am I going to be surprised and scratch my head, you know, later on tonight? You know, as we take a look at see that, you know, the game is really super tight. It's down to a one and a half point favorite, yeah. Arizona. So I think that honestly, you know, could we, could we see the upset? Yes. I just think that if, if they go in and they have everything go their way, then Houston could do it by everything. I mean, so well, look, you go in for an offensive rebound, you're going to see an awful lot of body work. And Allie, you know, that's going to probably lead to a, a foul. So if the referees think that there's a little bit too much uh, skullduggery happening down low, you know, that's going to be, of course, in Arizona's favor as well. Uh, and, and that's going to lead, you know, for them to pick up the victory. So in the end, I think Arizona does get the win only because uh, they're, they're going to go ahead and just take advantage of everything. Uh, and, and of course, as I said to before, uh, score an awful lot in, in the transition offense. Yeah. And if Houston is able to slow down um, the tempo, if they can have efficient offensive drives, where they run down the clock, you know, a la like a Virginia team does over the years. And they have stingent defense. Like, you know, their defense just impressed me. The, they, I really didn't watch them a lot this season, except I watched the first two games they played in this tournament. And, man, their defense is just as good as previous years. So, I, I mean, I think if they could slow down Arizona and if they are efficient on offense and don't allow the Wildcats to get in transition – you know, this could be the upset. And I actually do think this is probably the toughest matchup Arizona could have asked for in the Sweet 16 from their region. What do you think? No, I, I'd have to agree. You're absolutely right. The defense is, is top 10. And for me, you know, with my adjusted defensive rankings, I have them top 10 in the entire country, you know, even better than Arizona. So mm-hmm. they, they could put a good lockdown on the entire team. But I, I think when you take a look at everything – Allie, this is as close to a coin flip matchup as there can be. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think out of all the um, out of all the matchups this week, at least in the Sweet 16, this is one I'm really excited to watch. I really think that is going to be a lower scoring game than we're used to seeing with Arizona. Um, I do think Houston is going to slow the pace down. And I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for it. I like both teams. And then I think either of those teams is going to go on to the final four. I think whether it's Michigan or Villanova, they face next. You know, Arizona and Houston's are far better than both of them. So we'll see. I uh, I think Houston, you know, I'm going to renege on my, what my bracket says, but I think Houston pulls off the upset tonight. Uh, you got Arizona. So we'll see. It'll be close. So then, Allie, in the South, then you've got Houston advancing and then Villanova uh, win no cover. Right. Correct. Yep. That, that, that's what I'm looking at. And then um, to go ahead for the Elite Eight, I, I would see Houston beating Villanova that game. That, that, that's, that'll be a tough game as well, especially if Houston's like, you know, only gets two days rest after taming the beast in Arizona or even vice versa if Arizona has to turn around and face Villanova after playing Houston, but um, I think between Arizona and Houston, those are your top two teams in this region. So I think either of those are going to be in the finals. How about you? Mine is uh, Arizona over Villanova. There you go. That's what my bracket, well, my bracket had (laughs) didn't have Villanova, but it has Arizona going all the way to the finals. So I'll either, uh, at least I'm right either with my bracket or my betting. It'll be one of those. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see. But uh, moving on, we'll take a look at next, the Midwest region. Uh, so this was one where my bracket uh, wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. I um, I want to start because it was our hot topic last week, but you called Providence. I still like <laughs> South Dakota State. So tell us about how, how you told me like you never had any more action on any other game that weekend than than that game. Uh, what were your final thoughts on that one? Uh, well, I'd like to think it's because they all listen to our Nothing But Locks podcast. We'll see. Yeah, so, that was a highly <laughs> contested game. For but sure. it was simply, it was something where I just think everyone looked at it very close towards tip and saying, wait a second, we're talking about Providence here, you know, and maybe it was more name brand recognition than anything, but the amount of tickets that I would get written on Providence so we closed the game two, mm-hmm. right? And so I went to two and a half and then I get like all this South Dakota state money. Well, I guess, okay, let's go back to two. So now they're playing them, now they're playing Providence again. So it was just a, a tennis match back and forth between action on both sides. And I'm like, this is, this is incredible. The amount of tickets that are getting written on this matchup. So in the end, I mean, it, it ended up working out in the book's favor as right. you know, the Providence covered, but. I mean, look, you know, they, they, they took that game late. You know, I felt it kind of just got away late. Uh, you know, then they went on and played Richmond. They crushed at Richmond. They, oh, they yeah. closed them three and a half over Richmond. Um, you know, the key stat, obviously, in, in that one was they won the Trays battle. Uh, 22 attempts each. Providence hit 12 of them. Nice. And Richmond hit one of 22. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it was a whole lot of, you know, garbage time because of the 33-point edge on Trays. And so that's, you know, that's the way that, you know, particular angle played itself out. Yeah. And I was being sarcastic earlier when I said this region wasn't too bad for me. This <laughs> one was destroyed now that you brought Richmond up right, at, right, right from the beginning against Iowa. And 
I was in the middle of doing a few things. So I didn't watch the, like the first half of that game. I was just getting the score updates and I wasn't surprised it was close. I thought Richmond would play them um, pretty close just because I was not a team really that'll blow you out. But then late in the second half, when I wasn't pulling away, I was like, oh no, don't tell me. (laughs) And like the day had already started out rough for me with Michigan state. I mean, Michigan beating Colorado state and South Dakota state losing. So I'm like, am I about to lose another one? And then I don't know if you remember in the game, but there was that controversial no call within, I think there was about 50 seconds ago, and I would took a three-pointer. It was clearly a foul. They didn't call a foul. Um, and they were down by three. They should have had three free throws. But, you know, you can't nitpick these calls. But that definitely was a game where, again, bracket buster for me. I had Iowa in my final four. And Richmond was another team that we had said on our podcast last week. Like, you know, they were lucky to have made it in. If yes. they don't win their tournament championship, they're not dancing. Um, and we see that a lot. We see, you know, just again with Michigan teams, just people just say don't belong there. And then they come out and they make a statement. That being said, you know, we I think both of us liked Iowa State. Uh, I'm glad to see them in the Sweet 16. Uh, but let's talk about Auburn because I did not see Auburn losing to I had actually USC beating Miami but they didn't but I thought that would be a simple matchup for Auburn against Miami and Auburn had no shot in that game what do you think none you're absolutely right this was as clean uh, um, a booking that Miami could have had almost all year I closed them seven and a half point the dog wow Uh, they, they win 79 61 they absolutely tore up in the box two point shooting 57 percent to 37 uh, percent for Auburn turnovers boy Auburn turned the ball over 13 times to only four by Miami four so it's, it's almost as clean a booking as you can get uh, both were awful from three Auburn hit five of 26 Miami three of 15 free throws was close uh, and Miami out rebounded Auburn you know so you know obviously with the percentage on two-point shooting Miami won on the ones and twos by a 64 to 46 count now they're on their way to playing, you know, in the next round against Iowa State in, in, a, in a matchup of Sweet 16s that are in double digits. Yeah, and I think we said it too last week, and I keep being repetitive, but we both said it looks like Kansas is the weakest of the number one seed. Absolutely. Yet no. they have the easiest path to get there. I it's mean, absolutely the easiest. You path. know, they're about to face Providence, who I think that they will handle Providence uh, pretty well. And then they're looking at an Elite Eight matchup against either Miami or Iowa State, you know, a double-digit seed. They don't have to go through Auburn. They don't have to go through Wisconsin. So I'm like, how, how, does, how does Kansas wind up with the easiest schedule going forward? <laughs> what are your thoughts? No, so absolutely correct. And this is something that we looked at, you know, Allie, you, you, as we looked at the bracket open up, you know, I just looked at the Midwest and saying this has to be the most paper tiger you know, region out of any, and, and, it, and it's turned out to be exactly that. You know, now we've got Kansas playing Providence. They are, in fact, the largest. Well, no, let's, let's skip that, you know, the second, because Gonzaga is a 10-point favorite. But mm-hmm. uh, Kansas is a 7.5-point favorite live right now against Providence. Uh, they're going to play Iowa State or Miami. I think that that matchup is going to come at least 8.5 to possibly even a double-digit favorite when we first tip off. Right. So it, it's, it's going to lead them, you know, obviously to where 
you know, what we think is going to be is a, is a final four berth. Yeah. And the Kansas Providence game, I think Kansas wins. That's just not a spread. I like, I'm just not going to put any action on it. Seven and a half is just like a weird number for me in that matchup. Can Kansas cover? They could, can they not? Probably not either. Um, that's one of the, the, the kinds of spreads. I think it's just going to come down to the end with free throws. So I'm not really looking to touch that game. I do think it's going to be relatively high scoring between the two teams, but I like Kansas to win the Iowa state Miami game, I think is a toss up. Um, I've seen a lot of line movement on that. I think Iowa state, correct me if I'm wrong, opened up as a favorite and now they're underdogs. Yeah. It's flipped now. Now Miami is a two and a half point favorite. Yeah. So it's a lot of money coming in on Miami. Is that it? Exactly. Right. And I think with that matchup and yeah, you're, you're right. Honestly, I think, there's really not much to discuss. I do think that there's a small chance that Miami, not Miami rather, but um, Providence, I, I think Providence can cover mm-hmm. uh, the seven and a half yeah. only because I think this one could get out of hand late and then they just kind of backdoor cover it. Uh, but Kansas definitely gets the win with, with Iowa state and Miami. I honestly think, you know, if we're just looking for any edge of an upset, I think the biggest question alley with, with Iowa state is it's inability to score consistently. LSU, Wisconsin, they scored a combined 103 points in the first two rounds against the Cyclones, you know, but can Iowa state win if the game gets a little bit more high scoring? You know, uh, I, I honestly think that, you know, with, with the way that they are projecting to score like points per possession in big 12 play, you know, they were less than a point per possession, you know, and now in the first you know, two of the final three pre uh, NCAA tournament games, the Cyclones were below 0.6 points per possession. That's like objectively awful. Right? Oh. So I, I just think that, you know, with the way that the team's going to play itself out, Brockington, you know, I don't think he's going to shoot four of 15 again. Yeah. I'll, I, I think that Iowa state can beat Miami here. Yeah. I like Iowa state to beat Miami. They were one of the teams I really liked coming into um, the tournament. That's why I have them in the sweet 16. I had them losing to Auburn, which isn't going to happen. Um, But I think they could beat Miami and I'd love to see them beat Kansas in the lead eight. We have two big 12 schools against each other. Again, it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. Uh, And I know Kansas beat them twice already, but you know, if there's a team that could beat Kansas between Iowa State and Miami, any you know, let's throw in Providence in there. I think it's Iowa State. What about you? Yeah, I, I think if we look at Iowa State, you know, look, they are they're they're coming far, far more into form than they were at you know the start of. Well, I don't want to even go back to the start of January. If you want to look at really current form, let's go like middle of February to today. So you know, they've obviously been incredibly defensively or all year long. Their offense is obviously where it's going to hurt them the most. So for, for me, it's going to be Kansas in, in, in what's probably, I'm going to probably open them up. If this is Kansas against Iowa state, I'll probably open them up as nine and a half point favorites mm-hmm. and then just see where it goes from there. I wouldn't be surprised if they push me to 10 only because I just don't think that Iowa state can hang. Um, you know, right now, you know, Kansas is if they needed more weapons, right? Uh, their guard, Remy Martin. Yes, that's actually his name, by the way. <laughs> he was expected to be like, you know, all Pac-12, you know, and then he basically injuries made him a non-factor for the second half of the season. But for the past four games, Martin's been averaging like 14 and a half, three and four 
including for, you know, going for over 20.7 rebounds and four assists in the win over Creighton. He's coming in off the bench, right? So this definitely is a great change of pace. You know, he could come in and score more than, you know, Dewan Harris Jr. He doesn't give you the same defensive prowess, and that's obviously why he's coming off the bench. But his scoring on the perimeter is what's going to make him and, the, you know, and Kant is very, very dangerous, Allie. Yeah, and I used to follow him a lot when he played for Arizona State before coming to Kansas, especially when I was with Fox Sports because we did a lot of Pac-12 games and everything. And he was he was a star for for the for Arizona State. So when I found out he was on Kansas and not starting, I'm like, man, they have depth. Like I didn't even realize. Yeah, I mean, I I'd like to see Iowa State beat Kansas. I say I think, like I said, they have the best shot. Do I think they pull it off? If you're telling me you would open the game at minus nine and a half Kansas over Iowa State in the lead eight, I would take Iowa State with the points. I just love points. And I think, like I said, it's hard to be the team three times in one season. So I think that Iowa State can come close. But I think we're looking at Kansas in the final four in this region. What about you? Me too. Yeah, it's Kansas in the final four. No doubt about it. It's a shame. (laughs) I don't, not a big Kansas fan. Never was a big Kansas fan. I don't know why, but um, yeah, let's move on to the next region we got. Um, And this one actually wasn't looking too bad for me. Um, My potential elite eight is still intact as is my sweet 16 was perfect for this. uh, Almost perfect. I missed out on Vermont. Um, Arizona ended up pulling away and winning at the end. What do you think about the West region? Um, and your Zags still, still, still alive. They will be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so in the West, uh, you know, some surprises, uh, some obvious, you know, selections that, that move through, you know, for me, you know, I, I still don't know that Gonzaga's in championship form. You know, as a 10 and a half point closing favorite, they only beat Memphis 82 to 78. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they won the two point shooting battle 68% to 50. Uh, Trey's, they were nine of 27 to four of 16. And I I think that, you know, with with Arkansas up next, you know, and then obviously the toughie in, in, in the West final, you know, whether it's Duke or Texas Tech, I think that there's, um, yeah, there, there's still some some improvement for Gonzaga to be to be shown. So that's something that I want to see very closely tonight when they uh, you know they basically yeah it's four o'clock so they play Arkansas tonight ten point favorite already uh, right. and I think that you know there's obviously for me it's it's Gonzaga or bust. I've got them you know not only you know winning the West I've got them winning the championship uh, but I sure would like to see them you know really come into form here against Arkansas if not. Uh, I may be looking to sell some shares. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think they'll handle Arkansas pretty good tonight. Um, You know, I hate laying points, but I would lay them with with Gonzaga tonight. I think that they had their close calls in the first round. You know, they ended up winning by over 20 points against Georgia State uh, in the first round. But that game was close until about 10 minutes ago in the in the second half. So I know a lot of people were remembering uh, Virginia of a few years back. I think Gonzaga, it, that was their wake-up call, the first and second round. I think they will handle Arkansas pretty well tonight. But, you know, I'm really looking forward to the Texas Tech and Duke matchup. That's un- probably after the Arizona-Houston game. That's my one of my favorite. Um, uh, I, I should mention my Tar Heels. But anyway, so this is the number three favorite matchup of the weekend for me, Duke and Texas Tech. 
Um, I love Texas Tech's team. Um, I'm I'm kind of kicking myself. I didn't have them upsetting Gonzaga potentially in the next round because I have Gonzaga going to the final four. But this is a team where I just think that they're, you know, they're shades of their championship caliber team from a few years ago when they went into overtime with Virginia in the finals. I think their defense is the best in the nation, even better than Houston. I think that I actually think they're going to win comfortably against Duke tonight. I'm not a big Duke fan this season. Um, and I think Coach K's legacy comes to an end tonight as head coach. But I really like Texas Tech over Duke. Texas Tech is favored right now. So be- between Gonzaga and Arkansas and Texas Tech and Duke, I'm taking the favorites for both of these games. How about you? Allie, I'm sensing some uh, some spiciness here with uh, your anti-Coach K uh, comments here. <laughs> I love Coach K. I just, I'm not a big, I, I just, I'm not sold on Duke this year. No, no, ab- absolutely. I'm, I'm with you. And as a matter of fact, I don't have to think that Texas Tech defense is, is, you know, the best. I know that they're the yeah. best. They're, they're incredible. You know, and look, they only beat Notre Dame. Uh, Texas Tech did, you know, as an eight and a half point favor is what we closed them. They, they won 59, yeah. 53, uh, close on the two point shooting 39 to 33%. Uh, out-rebounded them very, very slow pace, which is, that's, it, it folded right into Texas Tech's entire game plan. Their inside game, much, much stronger. Uh, you know, winning uh, the scoring on the ones and twos by a 47 to 26 count. Um, you know, with, with Duke, look, they obviously have made improvements down the stretch. I think that, you know, they're still, it's, it's a little too late to look at, you know, where, where else they could improve. It's, it's Banchero or nothing. And so I, I think that, that that's a guy that can get eliminated pretty quickly and it, it's going to happen. I, I do have Texas tech winning this game. They were opened as a favorite. Uh, most books right now have them. Uh, this game is pick them. And I think that, that what's happening here is this is again, just brand recognition. People just hitting the Duke button just right. because they know it. And uh, well, I mean, you know, more power to them. I, I just think that I, I, this is this is Texas Tech's game, and I think they win it. And I, by the end of the first half, everyone's going to know they're like, "Oops, I made I made a really big mistake here." Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Like I said, I think Texas Tech wins comfortably. You know, Duke's kryptonite has been their defense all season, and I don't think that I think if Texas Tech steps up, like I like they have all season with their defense and limits Duke, uh, they'll just go ahead early and, you know, end of the season for the Blue Devils, end of the career for Coach K. But I really like Texas Tech, and that's going to be some matchup in the Elite Eight, uh, Texas Tech and Gonzaga. Um, from a bookie standpoint, what are you opening that line as for a potential uh, matchup? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked, actually. just I just awesome. wrote it down right now as we're speaking, and uh, I, I would open it up four points, Gonzaga the favorite. Yeah, that seems about reasonable. I was thinking about in the three, four point range. I think that it's going to be a low uh, number. What, what would you put the total up to? Oh, far, far lower than what we're normally seeing. Right. Uh, typically, uh, a Gonzaga matchup falls anywhere in the low uh, 150s. Mm-hmm. This one, I'd probably open it like around 148. Yeah, and I would probably take the under in that one. <laughs> And I hate taking the under. I hate the under. I always say the over is so great because when you hit the over and there's still game to play, you could just sit and cruise control the whole game. 
the under you just like rack your head you know you're just like pulling your hair out the entire game you're, you're if you're betting unders you're rooting for misery who wants oh that? man it's tough especially <laughs> no especially in college basketball when when the fouls start coming out you're like oh man <laughs> right three points the longest two minutes of my life <laughs> Yep, but yep. that that's going to be a really interesting matchup, um, Gonzaga and Texas Tech. I really, um, you know, I have Gonzaga winning two in my bracket. I think that's just one that's going to come down to the wire. It's going to come down to if Gonzaga feels like playing in championship mode because unlike them against Georgia State and Memphis, if they play, if they come out against Texas Tech playing like they did against those two teams, they're in some big trouble. What do you think? I do. I do. Exactly. That's why I, you know, I, I really want to focus very closely on this game tonight uh, against Arkansas. Because if I see them, if they win and cover, like, and it's like an easy cover, like with eight minutes left, then I'll, I'll feel very good about my power rating on them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think no matter how Texas Tech performs over Duke, I, I think that they'll handle it and, and move on to, you know, con- concentrating on winning this championship. They just simply have the best package out of anyone in, in the entire nation, Gonzaga, that is. Uh, you know, but I, it's, it's going to be their, their toughest matchup of the year against Texas Tech. That's, that's not even a question as, look, it, 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 this is a, a complete, you know, just trial by fire, you know, leading, you know, all the way to the very end of this. Uh, but if they can go ahead and just, manage Arkansas the way I expect them to, then I think they'll go ahead and handle Texas Tech pretty easily. Yeah, and I'll, I'll agree with you because um, I said I think Gonzaga is going to cover tonight, and I think it'll be a close game against Texas Tech in the lead eight if that's the matchup. And as much as I like Texas Tech, I will give the nod to the Zags in the lead eight, which let's move on to the East, and that might set us up for a potential Final Four matchup between Gonzaga and UCLA a repeat of last year. Are you, are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> uh, yes, I am, uh, but I'm not as well. So I, I, I would t- take a look and see how, you know, how did we get here, right? UCLA, as I close them three and a half over St. Mary's, they won convincingly uh, 72 to 56. Yeah. They won the two point shooting 60 to 46%. Excellent at the free throw line as they always are 16 out of 19 out-rebounded St. Mary's, um, and then it was just an absolute glacial pace. So here's, here's why I just want to devote just a little bit of extra time to UCLA's yeah. offense. Seeing the 72 point doesn't really strike you as a huge number, but they had 56 possessions, Allie. So mm-hmm. that's an efficiency of over 125. So that's points wow. for 100 possessions. UCLA, you know, they patiently earned and converted great looks. They drew fouls, avoided turnovers, you know, versus a, a very good defense. So I, I can't see them at all having any issues tonight, not tonight rather, but Friday against UNC and then yeah. eventually against Purdue. But, you know, we could get to that in a moment. You're not giving St. Peter's another shot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, St. Pete's. By the way, uh, there, I'm as a St. John's alum. Um, St. Pete's is like the St. John's of like the early 1990s. You know, like their home gym. I think it could house like 5,000 students. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just a tiny little school, and that's why I like really love following these these really small programs. 
you know, they, they did everything that they wanted to. And it was as, you know, as clean a win, as I mentioned earlier, uh, closed as an eight and a half point dog, beat Murray State by 10, won the two point shooting 48 to 36%. Uh, it, it's, it's just super clean. I mean, St. Pete's won scoring on the ones and twos by a 61 to 36 count. Mm -hmm. So in, in the end, you know, you know, they're obviously going to have to go on and, and play. Look, they already played Kentucky. I think Kentucky is obviously better than Purdue, uh, you know, but now, you know, they're going to have to play Purdue. It's just really the question is, with so much time that's gone by, can they, can, can they keep going? Yeah, I think the momentum's, you know, unfortunately it stops with them. And, you know, I think they had a favorable matchup in Murray State in the second round. It's funny you mentioned St. Peter's Gym because, I, yeah, I've been in it when I uh, played basketball. Not in high school. I was a year-round cross-country and track runner. But I remember my eighth grade season and playing basketball, and we played in that gym. Um, we took a ride up there for a tournament. So that is a small gym. It doesn't look like a college at all. Like no, no one would ever guess it was a college, especially when you look at, you know, like a UNC's gym or Duke's gym or UCLA. It's 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 it just looks like a high school gym. It does. It absolutely does look like a high. It actually reminds me of my high school gym back in New York. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, no, <laughs> I think I think their momentum does come to does come to an end against Purdue. Um, it's a nice story. You know, 15 seed getting to the Sweet 16. Uh, I think every just about everyone's bracket is busted at this point with this with this region because you know you have an eight seed, you have a four seed, you have a three seed and a fifteen seed in the Sweet Sixteen. I don't think anyone had. I know no one unless they went to St. Peter's had a fifteen seed in the Sweet Sixteen. But I think North Carolina beating Baylor that probably upset a lot of brackets. Uh, North Carolina really impressed me against Baylor, and I'm a Tar Heels fan, and I had them losing to Baylor in my bracket. Um, but like you said, I just think UCLA is just, they, they looked unstoppable against St. Mary's. And I know they had a close call against Akron in the first round, but I think UCLA has NBA level talent on their roster. Uh, they're going to come out against North Carolina tonight and North Carolina, a team that just relies on its offense. You know, they're not, they've never been a great defensive team. I just think UCLA is going to win comfortably as well against, against the Tar Heels. And I just think UCLA is on its way to another second straight Final Four. How about you? No, I, I'm I'm with you as well. I, I do have, I do have the Bruins winning, and it's probably going to be a little bit more of a disparity in the scoring than the point spread uh, yeah. indicates. You know, UCLA is only a two point favorite. I think they win by maybe six to eight. Yeah, uh, it, it's just that. too much, uh, too much to handle. Um, yeah, I, I did have the Bruins losing to Kentucky. Uh, you know, now, now I'll probably have them, you know, uh, beating Purdue uh, as a far, far closer point spread. Uh, so I'll probably take a look at a little bit later. But uh, no, there's look, a couple of things have changed with North Carolina in the past couple of weeks. You know, they, they've gotten far better uh, with their guard work. I, I think that the defense definitely turned it up a level over the past couple of games. Uh, but it, it, in the end, I just think UCLA is going to be, you know, way, way too much more to handle. Uh, far better, uh, a far better class of of offense and defense than they've seen all year. Yeah. And then we set up for another rematch in the Final Four, Gonzaga and UCLA. How are you feeling about that one? Oh, well, come on. You know, it's Gonzaga. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, last year, you know, UCLA got there. They were an 11 seed. They took Gonzaga to the wire. I think the final was like 93 to 90. It was a very high scoring game. And I, I think that we could be in for round two, just, just as high scoring, just as dynamic um, and just as close. I mean, what do, what do you make as a potential point spread in that game? You see, you're uh, you're leading the defense here, Ali. Uh, let's say we open up Gonzaga two and a half. Yeah, I, I was about to say. I feel like a two, two, two and a half is about the correct number, and that's going to be, you know, that's going to be a fun matchup. I really, uh, I'll play devil's advocate inside with UCLA on that one, just because you got Gonzaga <laughs> against the field, and since Kentucky was my representative to go to the finals and win. I'll replace them with UCLA, but um, no, that's definitely would be a toss up between UCLA and Gonzaga. I think that especially, you know, it'll be next weekend. Both teams will have time to rest up. I don't know. I, th- I think UCLA in the rematch, they come out on top. Uh, but I think we're in for, we're in for some really good potential final four matchups. There's really, unless you have like a St. Peter's versus an Arkansas, which what are the odds that happens in the final four? <laughs> I really don't think you can argue with any of the matchups. Um, and if anything indicates, you know, how the first and second weekend have played out, we probably are in for a lot more surprises than you and I both anticipate. What do you think? No, if, if anything, you know, prove, you know, prove that exact theory correct. It's what just happened over the past week. Uh, and w- without a doubt, it just like, Basically, going back to episode one, Ali, just mm-hmm. give me a reason to not take points in any instance ever, right? Especially now in this age of parity, especially in this sport where so much of the talent is spread. You know, the the the, uh, the student athletes in across this entire nation, across every conference, they're getting better and better. They're they're playing where they opt to play. And it's just showing up in all over the place. You know, it, Arkansas is here at the start of the year, you know, the SEC, did we figure that Arkansas was going to run 27 and eight? No, yeah. we didn't think that we were going to be talking about them here in this weekend. Houston went, you know, 26 and five. So these, again, at, when we look at the entire body of work that we're at today, I, I just simply go on, on the same premise that I've always been in. My principle is let me just grab points. Yeah. I mean, um, you know me, I love, I love points. I think you're always in it with points. Um, you know, talking about points again, we look at the Purdue St. Peter's matchup 12 and a half. I'd take the points in there. Who knows? Let, right. Let, let's, let's ride St. Peter's, you know, see how far that team could go. And Purdue's not like a team. I look at that's going to blow you away. I could be wrong. I could always be wrong, but I love points and you know, that's my advice to anyone making bets is really take a look at the spreads that, you know, aren't, you know, it's one thing to say, I'll take points when the spread's low, two points, three points in basketball. That's just always, you know, hit or miss, especially when it comes down to free throws. But when you have these like big spreads, the nine points, the 10 points, take the points, you're always in it. And there's always teams that'll make a run at the end, just getting desperate you look at teams that'll bench their players, their starters. You know, I can see if Gonzaga's up big on Arkansas tonight toward the end, they'll take out Timmy, they'll take out, out Holmgren. So I'm a points person. But before we end, because we're running out of time, I know you and I can talk about this all day. Uh, but let's take a look at some of the futures. And 
out of the teams left, who do you like besides Gonzaga that has the best value? Besides Gonzaga, okay, fine. So we, we talked about some of the uh, some of these schools all the way up and down in each region. Right now, uh, Gonzaga is pretty much done with any kind of value. They're two right. to one to win the championship. Uh, Duke at eighteen to one. Well, we talked about them not even winning this one. So even at those odds, probably a pass. Kansas uh, plus four fifty. So nine to two. If, you know, if you look at them, you know, in a potential matchup in a championship game, I probably think that it would be a little bit tighter. So you have some value there. Purdue at 10 to one, probably a pass there. Mm-hmm. UCLA 12 to one. Yeah. I, think I could get you to buy some of that. Yeah. I actually wrote a blog yesterday of my top five futures, with most value and UCLA was one of them. That that's something I put money on. 12 so, to one. so 12 to one. Here's some of the uh, more of the higher price ones. Uh, I'm offering Michigan at 85 to one still, obviously, you know, you have to get past uh, Villanova and then play the winner of Houston, Arizona. So that's going to be a tall order, but some value there. Uh, Yeah. And I picked Michigan too, as one of the value, it's like, why not? They've been proving people wrong so far. You know, it's, it's a low risk, high reward, uh, high reward bet. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And then of course, if you're interested in uh, more of a, uh, a hedging opportunity. Uh, if we talked a little bit about Texas Tech tonight mm-hmm. against Duke, obviously, if we got them passing along, you can purchase them today at 12 to 1. That's so at 12 to 1, you could go ahead and then figure out how much of a, uh, of a money line. Look, if because here's the thing. If Texas Tech wins versus Duke and then they beat Gonzaga, well, then they could beat anybody, right? Yeah. And it's, so at 12 to 1, you're going to be offered plenty of different margins there. And then, of course, we could take a look all the way back down to Jersey City. St. Pete's 300 to one. That I won't take. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did you know just a quick little fun tidbit that if you did a rolling parlay, let's just say with a hundred dollars uh-huh. and just bet St. Peter's just constantly, you know, all the way from the start of the tournament to today, you know how much that hundred dollars is now worth? Roughly? No idea. $6,720. Wow. Wow. <laughs> So maybe that's the way. Maybe don't bet futures. Maybe to maybe do that. <laughs> Might as well. I mean, I'd like to know how many people, excluding the people that went to St. Peter's, had had St. Peter's upset in Kentucky in the first round. I'd love to meet people who who actually was bold enough to pick that. Because <laughs> in all the years I've been filling out brackets, I've never picked obviously a number sixteen to beat a one, and I've never picked a number fifteen to beat a two. I've picked fourteen to beat threes. And I always usually do every year, but never picked a 15 to be a two. How about you? No, no, not, not I. Even, even when uh, I, I, we first gleaned that way, way back then with Richmond beating Syracuse. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not hitting that button. No, and it seems like we're getting it more often, though, every year. Like, th- there is two seeds that are losing in the first round more often. But I don't, I don't know if I'll ever have the guts to, to go ahead and pull the trigger in my bracket. But, you know. These teams, these teams are getting closer and closer by the year. Uh, for futures, like you said, I personally would take Texas Tech with the money um, or UCLA. I think, like you said, those have the two best value, and if they they win their regions, they have an even better chance. So we'll see what 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 happens. I'm excited to watch the games this weekend and next week when you and I have our Final Four preview. I think that'll be even more fun, and then we'll preview the championship as well. 
But uh, before we close out, Robert, any last thoughts? Oh boy, well, it's, <laughs> it's what I've been looking at pretty much leading all the way up into this, Howie. Go Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, again, it's, it's you know, is this Gonzaga's year? We're going to keep asking that question until they finally win their championship. I mean, I'm a big Mark Few fan, so I would love to see him get a championship. It's just... You know, they almost had it a few years ago against UNC, but they fell short. So, hey, I hope they get it. And I hope for your sake they get it. So thanks uh, so much for having me on again, Allie. Of course. And everyone, we will see you again next week. Um, Good luck for those whose brackets are remaining. And um, let's have some fun. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care, everybody.